Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you. 
Welcome to our Tuesday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host for the night, Sean Holmberg. If you need prayer, um, you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com or you can call our call number, which is 619-638-8458 and we'll try to get to your um, prayers during the break. Father God, we set apart this time for you, Lord, that your word would go forth to the nations. Father, that you would be glorified in every word, every deed, every action of our lives. Father, we surrender ourselves completely, well, we attempt to surrender ourselves completely to you. Father, asking that you make up what is lacking with your grace, with your mercy, Lord, the abundance of your grace and mercy that is poured out into our lives. Father, that you give us wisdom to hear your voice, Lord. Give us discernment to know when it is you speaking. Give us understanding, Father, to comprehend your words to us, Father. Holy Spirit, strengthen us with might in our inward man, that the knowledge of Christ Jesus would dwell in our hearts, that we would be rooted and grounded in love. Father, not just love for you, but love for the nations, Lord, to the least. Father, I pray that Every person who is listening tonight, Father, whether they're listening live, whether they're listening to an archive, whether today or a year from now, Lord, you know every one of their needs. Father, and in the name of Jesus Christ, according to your word, Lord, 
meet him at the corner of the need, Father. Heal every sickness. Heal every infirmity. Provide healing. Emotional, physical, spiritual. Father, touch them. Holy Spirit, fill them with your presence. Fill their houses and their businesses and their cars with the unmistakable atmosphere of your presence. Convince them of the reality of who you are, Lord Jesus. So, um, did the show last night. I did the, I'm doing the show tonight. Um, I believe our friend Alex did one the other night. And, you know, we do these um, shows um, mostly night after night as much as possible. And, you know, a brief history for any of you who are listening who are new and that, um, in general, me and Chris don't usually plan anything out. Um, sometimes I think we should, and sometimes we think we shouldn't. And we just trust that regardless of what our days have been like, regardless of anything else, the Holy Spirit will take control. Because as far as we're concerned, um, Prayer International um, doesn't belong to me. doesn't belong to Chris. It belongs to God. It's his ministry. And we strive to keep it holy and sanctified for him for the purpose that he has risen it up for which is to reach the nations with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to reach the nations with the knowledge of the intimacy of God to reach the nations with the, the love of God and you know um, funny thing happened we were, me and Chris were just talking about talking about this and you know it always seems when we get together, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, and, you know, we were talking about the ministry and talking about God, and we always have amazing conversations, and so I wanted to, for a little bit, bring up a couple things that we had been discussing, and, you know, one of them is the difference between the world and Believers, and when I say believers, those who have trusted their hearts and lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, um, those who have been filled with His Holy Spirit, those who are actively seeking His face, and you know, there's a different perspective that you have in your walk, your life, when you're trusting the Lord. Um, even the times when you don't trust the Lord there's a different perspective that comes up. You see things in a different light, in a different way. Um, there was a wise man a long, long time ago, back when they used to have wise men, um, named Epeticus, who said that men aren't disturbed by things, but rather by the view they take of them. And, you know, I always love that verse because of how true it is that any situation... It's always a matter how you react, how you feel, how your heart responds to a situation is always based on the perspective you have. Do you have the mindset of the world? You view the world, the things that happen through um, earthly, worldly eyes, or do you view them through the eyes of God? And, you know, it's one of our prayers that we all would begin to see the world see the people in the world, not through 
the eyes of the world, but through his eyes, to have his heart, his compassion, to understand what he thinks about people. You know, we talked about how, you know, I read a quote once in a book that it was talking about Jesus being on this earth and trying to get into his mind and figure out what he must have thought going through this world. And, you know, one of the comments was, what would Jesus have thought or what did he think seeing, for example, a prostitute on the street selling the body that he created to the highest bidder? And, you know, it's it's one of those things that we don't really stop and think about. We know we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. And, you know, the Bible says if we don't love each other, then the love of God isn't in us. But what does he really think? about the people around us. You know, we talk about um, the world and sin in the world and, you know, in general. And it's always us and them. But in reality, even though there is us and there's them, and the Bible makes clear definitions between um, the children of darkness and the children of light, I mean, whom we all once were children of darkness, but we were delivered by the Lord Jesus Christ, conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love, delivered from the bondage of sin and death. But in a sense, we're all His children, even those who don't believe in Him yet. You know, um, God's love abounds to everyone, regardless of their opinion on the matter. Someone told me once that it doesn't matter how highly we esteem the blood of Jesus. What matters is how highly he esteems the blood. And what I mean by that is, you know, we can read the scripture that says that we're saved through his sacrifice, through Jesus dying on the cross, being resurrected three days later. And we can read it and we can say we believe it. But, you know, we could still have doubts. However, our doubts and our disbelief in no way overrule the truth of the matter of what his blood actually did. So regardless of what we believe, our belief will only affect our faith, and our faith will only affect the way we view things, not necessarily the way things really are. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age. But we can't see principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age with human eyes. I don't think many of us, if we have the opportunity, would want to see them. Um, it reminds me of a movie called Men in Black, which many of you have probably heard. And, you know, Will Smith was playing this this agent, and He's freaking out because there's some alien ship that's about to destroy Earth and life as we know it. He said, well, don't we need to tell everybody? And Tommy Lee Jones said, well, you know, there's always something going on out there. And the only way people can live their lives is by not knowing about it. And I fully believe that there's some things that God intends us to know about. And there's some things we shouldn't know about. 
and the question comes down to what is what what does this word declare? The Bible says there are principalities, there's powers, there's rulers, there's darkness, there's demons. All these things that the world we live in now pretends doesn't exist. The world doesn't believe Satan exists, or God for that matter. But if they really knew, how how could they actually live their life? And how much would that knowledge change them? How much would it change us? If instead of just reading the Bible, that in Jesus' time, he cast out demons and devils, and many that were came to him that were demon-possessed, and all the stories of the time when Jesus was alive, but yet when Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, doesn't necessarily mean all those demons and principalities left. Now, there's a eternal judgment reserved for them in the end time in the lake of fire. But somewhere between then and now, through the history of Christianity, we stopped believing in what the Bible declared. We stopped believing in healings unless you're in some remote place in Africa or some random revival, we stopped believing that healings were abundant. And healings can exist wherever his presence is. Because where his spirit is, there is liberty. And by his stripes, we were healed. So healing isn't laying hands on the sick and they, they will recover. It wasn't something for back then. It was something for today. But we don't necessarily believe it anymore, so we don't do it. We don't pray against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age because somehow we forgot, stopped believing in the things that were so active in the time of Jesus. But it doesn't mean they don't exist. All throughout Scripture, there's always a spiritual war and a spiritual battle being fought. And we somehow have turned our eyes away from that, so we stop praying against the principalities. We stop praying against the demons. We stop declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord over every circumstance, over every person, over every issue, over every disease. And it seems we just don't believe it anymore. But that doesn't mean it's not true. You know, I made a comment to Chris along those same lines that when um, early in our Christian walks, there was a Messianic Jewish church named called in Dallas called Berkashim, and Messianic Jewish pretty much means it's people who are Jewish, and but they've come to believe that Jesus which the scripture declares over and over again, the law through the prophets. And something I found, I'm not sure what the right word is for it, um, something that just put me in awe was walking into this Messianic Jewish church and looking up on the wall, and they had written, The Lord God, or righteousness, or something like that, but they didn't have the O there, and I didn't understand. 
and it was because in the when the scribes would write the words of God, they considered the name of God so holy they wouldn't even write his complete name. And I noticed when they read the word of God, they would stand up and the um, the rabbi would say, this is the word of God. And they'd start reading it. And people were quiet. And they hung on to every word of, of it. Because it was the word of God. I remember going to a African church and I say African church because church predominantly um, visited by um, immigrants from places in Africa and you know they came from a life where they didn't have a Bible they didn't have churches on every corner they lived in constant um, threats of death and they came over to the United States and I remember Chris was preaching in one of their services and he hadn't prepared anything and he didn't know until like that morning that or the night before that he was going to preach and we got to the church and their worship was amazing and it was the kind of worship of people who lived and breathed to breathe to be in his presence were these people you could tell there's nothing they wanted more in life but to know him. It wasn't, okay, we're going to go to have church and we're going to have worship and just like every other service. It was, we're going to go and we're going to experience. And we get the privilege of worshiping the Most High God. And so Chris got up and preached for about 10 minutes, if even that. And afterwards... You know, we're, me and um, Alex are sitting in the back, and we're looking at each other because, you know, we're used to American churches and Australian churches, and where a pastor preaches, and it's like 30 minutes an hour, and that was it. This is, should be interesting. But what was interesting was their response was so thankful, so joyous that they got to hear the word of the Lord. And there was a fear of God in them, of knowing who he was. And I believe that the church in general has somehow, all of us have gotten away from that, of that fear of the Lord. You know, we have talked in um, past shows about how you can get to a place in your walk with the Lord where you're continually aware of his presence that whether you're sitting at home or you're in church or you're in the grocery store you're always aware of the presence of God and he never leaves your thoughts for very long even though you may not be in prayer you know may not be in worship you may not be in a church or Bible study just in your day-to-day life you're continually aware of the presence of the Lord And, you know, we seem um, as a church, as the bride of Christ, who have gotten away from that knowledge of who he is. And the fear that should accompany that, 
And some people would say, well, you're not supposed to be afraid of God. And I would say we should most definitely be afraid of him. Not because of judgment, because we are considered righteous not based on our own works, which the Bible declares that we're righteous based on his works upon the cross. It says in Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself, not of works, lest any man should boast. But the fear that I'm talking about is the fear of who he is, not just what he can do, what he will do, or anything else, concept of God himself. You know, we... Um, while me and Chris were talking, we um, I mentioned to him that my wife um, likes to watch documentaries every night before she goes to sleep because I guess the noise helps her fall asleep, and so she always wants me to put on the most boring documentary that I can find. And me, on the other hand, I love science. I love history. I love anything about the universe because, as the scripture declares, creation declares and declares his handiness, I mean, declares his works. I got that verse a little bit wrong, but so there was this um, series on um, Netflix about the universe, and it was talking about the Big Bang Theory, and you know, even recently in the last um, day, some scientists have even been making some breakthroughs trying to figure out how the universe took place, and something new they've come up with in the last however many years is the belief, and hopefully this doesn't bore you, so I'll try to explain it, um, is that science will tell you that light can only travel um, so far or so fast, which is called the speed of light, and, you know, when you're growing up in in school, they tell you that this, the light from the sun takes about eight minutes to reach you, and because light can only travel so fast. And so, when you're looking out and seeing distant galaxies and planets, you're not seeing them as they are at the moment. You're seeing them as they were in the past, per se, because the light from those planets and solar systems and galaxies the light actually takes a while to get to Earth. And it's been a constant thought, or I mean a constant principle with science that, you know, light takes so long, universes, however big it is, no one's ever been able to figure it out, and no one knows, except for God, because he's the one who created it. So they're constantly struggling, trying to see if they can build a better telescope to see how far it goes, even though I doubt that will ever happen because they don't know the creation of the Lord. But what's interesting is now they're saying that the one exception to this whole rule about how like, how fast matter and light and everything travels is the moment of the Big Bang. And they said that what they believe now is that when the Big Bang happened, however you want to believe it, um, whether it happened a million trillion years ago or it happened like 6,000 years ago, 
you know, at one point, the Bible says, the earth was without form and darkness was on the face of the earth. And God spoke and created life and created light. The words came in, coming out of his mouth created life itself. But the scientists say that when the Big Bang first happened and the universe first started to come into existence, that from what they know, it started out really small and expanded. And the whole universe got to almost its, its current size in just a couple of seconds. Because they're still grasping for answers. Because they're still trying to comprehend everything. And I heard one scientist say, they were asked, well, what happened before the Big Bang? And they said, well, we don't know. We have no clue. Well, what caused the Big Bang? We don't know. Have no clue. And I keep thinking, and I'm watching this show last night, and I, and I keep thinking, they still are too far away, still so far away from getting to the point where they can actually understand that it's God that created the heavens and the earth. They try, but like wise men professing to be wise, they became fools. Because all their knowledge, all their study, and all their research just gradually points them to the one true God. The God that created heaven and earth. The God who gave Israel a pillar of smoke during the day, a pillar of fire at night. And does the same thing to us through the Holy Spirit to constantly lead us and guide us and provide for us and to give us shelter and safety. And so one of the questions to always ask yourself is, do you really believe that he is who he said he is? And are you at a place in your walk with the Lord where you can say you really know him, that you really believe what his words declare about you, what his words declare about your friends and what his words declare about your family. You know, in the Old Testament, he continually had to remind the children of Israel, Joshua and Moses, that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said the same thing. He said, I'm going to depart, but I'm going to send the helper, the Ruach HaKadosh, to be with you, to guide you. But yet, somehow we, I guess, forgot that. So it's not a constant in our mind that he's always there. So we're going to um, go into some worship for a few minutes. If you need prayer, give us a call, 619-638-8458.
preaching what you're preaching. We're going to take the life of your family. We're going to take your life. We're going to kill you. And after he hung up the phone, sat at that table, preached your kingdom and justice all over the earth. I've preached your kingdom and justice all over America. And I know you're real. But right now I'm so afraid and I don't think I've ever hurt you.
the story is, you know, man, I, it's just like I was just praying that the Lord would have mercy on us because it just seems like that story about Martin Luther King, again, man, is like it's about the fact that we can't deal with beautiful people. Wow. I just wanted to just, I was, Lord, have mercy on us for the fact that we, we can't handle truly beautiful people. Yeah. And mm. we killed Martin Luther King, Father. Wow. And we just, we can't handle a world with beautiful people because we just, we're not capable of understanding what that looks like. Help us to see that, Father. Help us to have, have mercy on us, Lord, for our blindness. Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on us. Help us to be who created us to be, Lord. Yes, when are the peacemakers going to show up, Jesus? God. Help us to be the peacemakers, Lord. God. Creation groans. For the children of God to be revealed. God. Paul said it and we're still not there, Lord. Jesus. Have mercy on us, Father, for not heeding the warnings throughout time. Yes. God. God. Mm. Yes, Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. I'm going to read something from Deuteronomy. Um, this is um, something the Lord was saying to the children of Israel about idolatry and falling away from the Lord and then what happened when they turned their hearts back in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29 it says but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul when you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days when you turn the Lord your God and obey his voice for the Lord your God is a merciful God who will not forsake you nor destroy you nor forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them for ask now concerning the days that are past which were before you since the day that God created man on the earth and ask from one end of heaven to the other whether any great thing like this has happened, or anything like it has been heard. Did any people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as you have heard and live? Or did God ever try to go take for himself a nation from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand, and an outstretched arm, by great terrors, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord himself is God. There is none other besides him. Out of heaven he let you hear his voice, that he might instruct you on earth. He showed you his great fire, and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers, therefore he chose their descendants after them. And he brought you out of Egypt with his presence, with his mighty power, driving out from before you nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in, to give you their land as an inheritance as it is this day. Therefore, know this day and consider it in your heart that the Lord himself is God. In heaven above and on earth beneath, there is Therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God has given you for all time. You know, the Lord is faithful beyond human comprehension to establish his word in our hearts, to establish his word in your heart, to continually perform that word. He said, the word that goes forth from my mouth will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. Paul said that I am persuaded that he is able to commit what I have committed to him until that day. The Bible says he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or even think, according to the power 
that works in us. You know, we were talking about creation, this God who created not only heavens and earth, but an unimaginable, unfathomable universe. God who created countless galaxies and stars and planets, and then yet chose create us to be a special kind of people to love us enough to send his own son to die for us and you know I always I tell Chris that you know I still wake up at times think to myself who is this God anyway and who is this Jesus person not because I don't know him and not because I haven't given my life to him. But Paul said that I've counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You know, what did it actually take for God to create the entire universe out of nothing. Scientists will tell you, doctors will tell you, that there is nothing more complex than the human body. Even like the even animal bodies to an extent. You know, even the human eye with all this intricate parts is beyond comprehension. I was telling Chris, you know, Jesus was still here walking on the earth, being able to look at all the people who were flocking to him. He would know not only as the scripture declares every hair upon their heads, because the Bible says he knows every hair on our heads, but every molecule, every atom that makes up their bodies. If you think about it, God sees us and he knows us so intimately, knows his creation so completely that every one of us has a specific number of chromosomes, a specific number of proteins, a specific number of protons and neutrons that comprise the atoms that form our bodies. And on top of that, the fact that we have a living spirit inside of us that is eternal, what does it take to create an eternal being? And then to turn around and give that it complete creation, free will, free choice, choose to stay who you will serve. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Complete free choice and free will. And then to shower his love upon us. I remember watching a documentary on 
the different um, uh, stars and just our known galaxies, which aren't that many. And they went from the smallest to some of the bigger ones we've been able to find. And the host made a comment that I didn't understand until after I watched the whole thing over a couple of times. And he said that he learned about the size of the Earth itself in contrast to the greatness of our God. And he said after he learned about how big the Earth really is, in comparison to everything else that he couldn't actually talk to God for a while because he was left unable to speak. He didn't know what he would say. What could he say? You know, there's a song that we play on the show sometimes and for the life of me at the moment, I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, But it talks about how when you get to heaven, will you dance, will you sing, will you pray, will you praise, will you worship, or will you just be there and not be able to do anything, beholding with your eyes the living God, beholding Jesus Christ upon the throne, who was pierced for our sins. And when you stand before such a great God, who exist in unapproachable light, what response possibly make? And you know, this documentary was talking about how our Earth itself, you could take hundreds and hundreds of them and fit them neatly inside of a sun, our sun, the one that gives us light every day, the one that God put up there just to give light to this planet, when he put it in just the right atmosphere, just the right spot in our solar system, that it could sustain life. But you could fill hundreds of our Earths above them. You know, I still look at Google Earth, and I look at the planet, and I zoom in to where I'm at, and I can see my street. But even with the... Google satellite technology, still hard to make out the little bitty people, which I'm one of them, and you're one of them. And then I zoom out and keep zooming out, and we get so small, even on our own planet. But yeah, you can take hundreds, if not thousands, of our planet Earth and put them inside of our sun. And so they took our sun, and they put a picture of our sun up on the screen and they went to the next couple stars that are pretty big like Centauri and Sagittarius and they just started showing how big the relative size of these other stars to our sun and it got to a point where our sun was just getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it got to one called K2 
Canis Majoris, I believe. And along the line, the host said, if the earth were the size of a golf ball, you could fill the entire state of Texas in the United States, something like 23 inches deep with golf balls. The, United, the Texas itself is bigger than most of the other states. You could take five or six other states and put them inside of Texas. I could be wrong, but even Texas is bigger than like all of Afghanistan and big as India. I could be wrong on that. But if you took the entire state of Texas, covered it completely with golf ball after golf ball after golf ball after golf ball, and laid them all out so every inch of Texas was covered in golf balls, and then you stack that 23 inches high. That's how many golf balls, that's how many of our little planet would fit inside of this one star. And that's not even the biggest star probably out there, just the ones we've been able to see. And so our size, in comparison to this universe that God has created, is minuscule, almost non-existent, inconsequential to everybody but God. But yet, he chose us to be created in his image, loved us so much to send his son to die for our sins. And so when we talk about the fear of the Lord, it's not the fear of impending judgment. It's the fear of who he is. And if we realize who he is, what he is, the uncreated one, as Misty Edwards has said, the one who exists outside of space and time and everything that we know, how could we possibly fear what the enemy could ever do to us? How could we possibly be afraid of what our neighbors or our enemies could do to us when we serve the creator of heaven and earth who said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance. He said, I know the thoughts I think of you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah, call upon me and I will answer you and so you great and mighty things you know not of. You know, when you begin to fear the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, but when you really begin to grasp who he is, how great and awesome and powerful our God is, you can understand why an innumerable amount of 
angels and all of creation will spend an eternity before the throne crying holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come because what else can you really say at this moment but holy is the Lord how great is our God who has saved us and redeemed us so this is um, Prayer International Radio if you need prayer give us a call 619-638-8458 I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me I can only imagine I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, to my knees or will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah, will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes, when I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, wanna will my heart feel? Will I dance 
I can only imagine. 